Where do I start? How do I train recall? How long should we work on healing before moving on? Is crate training really that important? We hear these questions all the time and there's one answer that will help with all of them. The complete step-by-step dog training course found at Standing Stone Supply. They break down the what, when, where, and how to train your own dog from eight weeks to one year old. They've got it all laid out for you down to even the daily activity checklist to keep you and your puppy on track. Check out standingstonesupply.com and remember to use code GDIY to save 10%. Being an upland hunter in the South nowadays unfortunately means a lot of travel to try and find birds for my dogs. This means it's even more important that my map scouting is reliable to justify the effort. This is where Onyx comes in. I can honestly say that Onyx directly impacts the level of success I find on my trips. Whether it's the private versus public land boundaries, the expanding number of unique layers and features by state, or the 3D mapping capabilities, my initial step in planning my hunting trip starts with Onyx. To know where you're going, you have to first know where you stand. Check out Onyx Hunt Maps and use code GDIY20 at checkout to save 20%. Think you know the Brooks Ghost? Think again. Introducing the all-new, better-than-ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen-infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good every step, every street, every single day. So go ahead, take your daily joyride in the all-new nitrogen-infused Ghost 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. Let's run there. Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more. You kind of have to do this with your second dog, obviously, because there's certain traits that every dog has and every litter and breeder offers. And so maybe you really make it a point to emphasize a certain purpose of the next dog. Do you have trouble physically making it through long hunts? Is your dog always giving you that angry look telling you to keep up? Train your dog, but now it's time to train yourself. Rocky Mountain Hunt Strong is the company for any hunter that is looking for an effective fitness routine to get healthier and be able to hunt longer and harder. This company has merged fitness and the passion of hunting to help people like you and me continue to do what we love. From the Rockies to the Smokies and every field or prairie in between, this company can get you ready to go longer, cover more ground, and recover quicker. Go to RockyMountainHuntStrong.com and see their program for yourself. Use the discount code GDIY to save 15% and get to work. Train harder, hunt stronger, and recover faster. All right, everybody. Welcome back to another week of GDIY. Adam's tagging along with me as always. Adam, how you doing today? I'm feeling pretty stinky right now, Nick. I had Mitchell out today uh, running him for some exercise, and he brought me a baby skunk. Welcome to the club. I swear people probably think we make this up because it was just like last week or two weeks ago that Lucy got into one and uh, Jackie and I were just, yeah, two of them, right? Yeah. So Jackie and I were just walking along and he was kind of behind us and he came running by and he had something in his mouth. And my first thought was like, oh, cool. He he killed something and he's bringing it to me. <laughs> and then I was like, oh, no. And he And he dropped it. So I immediately corrected him for dropping it. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> he dropped it and I'm like, oh, dude, it's a skunk. And I keep all this stuff in my truck just for this moment. So I scrubbed him down. But judging by your scent test, I'm going to have to scrub him again. Yeah, it was uh, it was pretty rank. I think the uh, the old baking soda and peroxide has got to come out again. Yeah, it, it's pretty nasty, man. Um, 
I'm just I scrubbed his face, like kept it out of his eyes, but I think I'm gonna have to scrub his whole body and he's sleeping in the garage tonight for sure. He stinks. Yeah, you're gonna have to give him a Mentos or something for that breath too, because if he's carrying it in his mouth, it's probably just all in his mouth. And so maybe you did a decent job of washing him the first time and just him breathing just it's I mean, your 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 white truck is now green just from the, the vapor. <laughs> Yeah, it's disgusting, but I I think it is mostly in his breath. Um, didn't get the collars. The collars don't stink or anything. I washed them down anyways, but I think it's just his breath. Anyways, what do we got going on this week? Hopefully no more skunks. No doubt, man. I'm, I, I swear, I hate skunks now. Uh, but yeah, this week, you know, it, it's kind of a, an easy episode. We've had a few people reach out and ask uh, what the difference is between when you're looking to buy your first dog and when you're looking to bring in a second or a third dog and you know it it seems like it's a pretty easy conversation because there is a lot of similarities to buying your first dog and then adding a second or third one later but there there are some considerations that that we discuss and we're 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 coming at this from a purely just personal opinion standpoint of again we're not experts on anything but just common sense just this is what you should really consider when adding another dog. And, uh, you know, I think we use the word obviously a lot throughout this episode. So some people out there might, might be like, you know, this isn't worth listening to, but I think we covered a, a few considerations that you don't hear from other people when, when they're trying to supplement what they already have in their house, as far as what their dog's capable of. Yeah, I enjoyed it. I mean, I always enjoy uh, talking to you, and, and the feedback we get is that our listeners really enjoy the episodes that are just between the two of us um, as much as they enjoy the guests. So here's another one for you this week that's just uh, Nick and me. Yeah, I don't I don't know what, what's wrong with our listeners that they prefer just me and you other than people that are uh, quote-unquote professionals or experts in this field, but hey, we'll take it. Uh, but yeah, just, just a nice, easygoing conversation. I'm sure we're our personal opinions are going to piss off some people here and there, depending on what we're talking about. But Hey, you know, that's a personal opinion. So, uh, deal with it. But, uh, yeah, I mean, besides getting skunked and everything, you got, got anything big going on this week? No, man, just been doing some fishing and, uh, trying to take Mitchell out for conditioning runs to get him in shape for the the test in October and hunting season in October. So just focusing on conditioning the dog. What about you? All I've been doing the past four or five days, it seems like, is just packing and getting ready to move. So it's finally happening. We're supposed to be moving Monday. So, uh, you know, maybe after a few days of getting unpacked and settled in, I can actually uh, just walk out in my backyard and run dogs and train them and uh, maybe go take a look at that flooded timber, see what that looks like this time of year because early duck season is in, what, like two weeks yeah, September 12th to the 16th is a wood duck season for Tennessee, so we need to find find the time to get out there in your swamp. You've been calling it the swamp house, so we got to get to the swamp and swat some woodies, man. And uh, running the dog is going to be great, too, because you've got quite a few acres. I mean, 20, 20-something acres down there. Yeah, it's... Uh it's going to be a little different. I mean, obviously I, we've enjoyed our time at this place. It's, it's, uh, it's a little different of, of a property. We had six and a half acres here, but most of it was, uh, wooded. So we didn't really get to do much dog training, uh, throughout the year, but yeah, we're moving out to, 
to a property that's really exactly what we want. And I mean, so I'm, I'm going to be fortunate enough to on a daily basis, almost just be able to walk out the backyard and get some good training in. And I'm going to have to bring old Nick, the pigeon dude out and get, get the coop up and running. And yeah, we'll, we'll see what the property does. I'm excited. I know you're excited. Just come down. And whenever we, we record a podcast, you're going to be like, Hey, I can train now at the same time. But, uh, yeah, we're excited, but man, you know, moving sucks. It, nobody enjoys moving it's just i'm ready to get it over with and get down there and and uh the honeydew list just quadrupled overnight so i got a lot of stuff i gotta knock out before hunting season if i hope to have any any decent season at all yeah i'm excited for you to get down there and get moved in selfishly so that i can come down there and run my dog as well um but i'm excited for you too i mean it's you know it's a dream place i mean you're gonna have the land and a swamp and like you said be able to train your dogs to whatever level you want on a daily basis i mean there's a lot of training that i get done in the yard on my quarter acre or whatever it is but having 30 sure does make it easy so i hope you guys enjoy this episode um hit us up on facebook instagram throw us a buck or two on uh patreon and uh what else nick Nah, I think you nailed it. Appreciate everybody for listening last week, giving us some ratings and reviews. Got a few more of them, but uh, if you hadn't done that, take five seconds, hit that five stars, and uh, leave us a written review. If you have any uh, constructive criticism, ideas, suggestions, we've had a few people reaching out with some guest ideas and topics, and uh, we're following up on them. So we're we're trying to get what you guys want. So any ideas, hit us up. And uh, beyond that, just enjoy the show, and we'll see you back next week. There's always something to debate or argue in the dog world, but there's just one thing that's not up for debate. All hunters and dog hunters know you need the right gear, not just for yourself, but for your dogs as well. Conkey's Outdoors Hound and Hunting Supply is your number one source for all things hound related. Conkey's is owned and operated by true houndsmen themselves. They've got you covered no matter the game you're chasing, from hog hunting, bear hunting, and even gator hunting. Bird dog guys don't feel left out either. They have whatever you need, whether it's training collars, tracking collars, boots, chaps, vests, coats, and more. No matter what you and your dog needs to have a successful hunt, check out conkeysoutdoors.com and they'll get you on the right track. Purchases over $100 gets you free shipping and enter GDIY5 to save 5%. And if you're a Patreon patron, you get to save even more money. So be sure to check out Conkeys Outdoors. If you're currently in the market for a kennel, then be sure to check out Gunner Kennels. Gunner Kennels is the only kennel that's five-star crash rated from the Center for Pet Safety. The double-wall rotomodal construction ensures it holds up in all types of weather and conditions. Also, Gunner Kennels has a lifetime warranty. These kennels are built to last a lifetime, and Gunner stands behind that. Gunner also has all the accessories you can need from fan kits to help keep them cool, performance and orthopedic pads to help keep them comfortable and ready to go after long travels, and even tie-down straps to help ensure there's no worries for the kennel moving or sliding around in your truck. So if you need man's best kennel for man's best friend, head on over to gundogityourself.com and click on the Gunner link. Be sure to purchase your kennel, accessories, and even gift cards for holidays and birthdays through our link, and it will go a long way in helping out the podcast. So it never fails, Adam. Somebody gets their first dog. (laughs) What happens next?
Got to get another one. You got to get another one. They get hooked on it. It's a fun process. They enjoy it so much. And it, I, like I said, it never fails. They're like, man, just imagine if I knew what I know now and I can apply that to the next dog and then they get in a rush and they want another dog. Yeah, that's that's how I feel. <laughs> and I've my dog's only two and I'm like, yep. I've been looking for another dog for a year. Exactly. You know? <laughs> yeah. Not that I'm actively looking to get one, but I've been planning out when the next one will be and where it's going to come from and all that stuff. And that's why I thought this would be a good time because you're considering your next dog. I'm already considering my next dog. We've actually had a couple listeners reach out and say, Hey, I've got my first dog. You know, I've learned a lot what not to do with this first one. What would you consider to do with my next one? Because we've covered what to consider on getting your first dog. You're interested in getting a hunting dog, you know, the, the stuff that goes in there, it, a lot of it applies to getting your next dog, but there are a few differences that you kind of need to take into consideration. And, and uh, you know, this can apply to your second dog. It can apply to maybe you've been doing this for a few years and you're just trying to add another dog on another string, uh, whatever. Uh, we're just going to talk about what to really consider when you're planning an additional dog to your lineup. Yeah. Um, and that's the bottom. And now, you know, I've, I'm on my second dog, but adding another one will be the first time that I've had more than one dog in the house. Yeah. Um, and I've said in the past that I definitely didn't like losing my first dog at, uh, my first gun dog at, at three years old. No, nah, nobody does, but it's been in a way it's been, it's been nice to be able to fix a lot of the mistakes I made with my first dog so yeah. quickly after my first set of mistakes yeah i mean i guess that's true you know it's, it's obviously it's at. unfortunate <laughs> to lose a dog at such an early age yeah. but your turnaround to be able to apply some of the lessons learned was a lot quicker for you than yep. than most people's lessons learned off their first dog but yep. uh so you know this is going to be a little d- different obviously you know you've you're technically on your second dog and you've learned lessons from your first one that you lost but you still only have one dog I have two. That doesn't make me an expert on this, but there are certain things that I've learned while owning two dogs that it's going to apply throughout this conversation. Sure. And uh, so, you know, we, we we both just mentioned that we're both kind of planning our next dog. That doesn't mean that we're, we're getting our next dog tomorrow, but it, it is a good time for us to just kind of spitball as we go through, through these topics to apply what we're, personally doing so we're not going to throw anything out there that we're not considering ourselves yep so let's let's really start with the obvious and why you may want another dog in your lineup to begin with yeah dog power for sure Um, that's the easiest one that's the first one yeah is you know you go out to hunt with one dog and you can hunt them all day for one or two days but trying to do it like three or four days in a row is really hard on them. Right. Um, they're running 20 miles a day, maybe 30 miles a day sometimes. So sure, you can do that for a day or two maybe, but people that are doing that like more, you know, three or four days in a row or, or more than that on a consistent basis, I think it's really hard on the dog. So 
being able to hunt a dog for half a day and then switch to another dog and just have a week of, you know, they get to hunt half a day and then maybe you put them both down at some point, put yep. them both out on the ground uh, and hunt together if you're really trying to cover more ground or whatever. Yeah, the case you don't have is, to but... put them down at the same time. <laughs> yeah. <so. laughs> uh, but yeah, I mean, there's there's a, obviously a lot of benefits to having multiple dogs. Yep. Uh, the main one that comes to mind for most people is I get to hunt harder and longer with multiple dogs which is obviously true that's going to be the first one that comes to everybody's mind but also just from a learning perspective when you're when you're in this especially starting out you're gaining that knowledge so much quicker because you're training multiple dogs yeah and uh something that i've seen is it's it's always hard for people to point out faults about their own dogs but when you have two that you're constantly training i see you you have the ability to say this dog is better than this one at yep. this certain thing. And this one's better than that one at a certain thing. Yep. And by just having one dog, I don't have a comparison other than comparing it to someone else's dog. So right. when you're comparing your own dogs, it gives you the ability to not, you know, see everything through amber lenses all the time. Right. You can actually see uh, a fault or a weakness in, in one of your dogs. Absolutely. And so, we're going to continue this on and we're going to kind of really cover the pros and cons of this as we go through. But I would think that the most important thing, maybe not the most important thing, but the thing that comes to mind on me as the few years that we've been in this, something to consider when you're considering adding a dog to your lineup that you see a lot of people kind of make this mistake on their first one. They want to dive in with both feet and they end up getting litter mates or they get their first dog and like before that dog's even trained and, and a reliable hunter, they're adding a second dog to the lineup and a, the first one is a year old. Nothing wrong with that, but you're going to have challenges that if you, if you kind of stop, pump the brakes a little bit and you kind of consider the spacing of the age of the dog a little bit more and prioritize that a little bit more, you can set yourself up for a lot more success and really just make your life a little bit easier overall if you consider the the, spa the spacing between age of dogs. I think four years in between dogs is probably ideal. Uh, it it reduces your chances of ever having to put put multiple dogs down. And I mean, right. I mean what I'm saying this time, you know, to, to <laughs> euthanize two dogs or lose two dogs um, at the same time because they're spread out. Um, you know, that's, that's my goal is to put them four years apart. I'm probably going to end up with about three years apart because of the, because of the breeding that I'm looking at, looking at and everything and how the timing's going to work. So it'll probably be three years apart and that's fine. But I'm also, well, you know, I'm looking at four or five years after that one, getting another one and right. having three dogs. And then, well, that's where I'm, you at. know, yeah. And, you know, like you said that you kind of, you look at it at the end point of the dog's life, you know, obviously we're in this because we enjoy hunting and the way I look at it is I I'm with you. I say around four or five years is a great spacing between dogs, because if you keep that spacing, then obviously tragic things can happen with these dogs as you've learned. But generally speaking, the odds are if they leave lead full on healthy lives and everything, you're you're dealing with where you're never going to have 
you're you're not going to be going hunting without a, an experienced dog or a finished yeah, dog. Yeah, and you're not going to be dogless if you if you put a few years in between them, then you probably won't be dogless. But I have the tendency to jump in, you know, jump a little <laughs> a too little much. Quick. Yeah, a little too quick, a little too much and too quick. Yeah, um, and that can be a good quality, you know. But I'm overzealous. I've yeah. talked before about how as soon as Mitchell's was done with natural ability i'm like yeah man i I mean i'll have them ready in a couple months for (laughs) utility yeah right so of course i'm like yeah i'm ready for another dog but i'm glad that it's going to be a little bit three or four years Um, well and and you look at me you know rachel she's six six and a half lucy's two yep and so i'm starting the search for my next dog right now while she's two with the intent of it's not happening next year it's happening the following year yeah and i keep that four-year spacer so by the time rachel's 10 lucy's six and then i have a pup at two yep and and you just kind of keep that spacing rolling and you always have kind of a a finished dog, quote unquote like we've talked about is there really ever a truly finished dog but for the sake of this discussion, you have a finished dog, uh, almost finished dog, or slightly experienced dog, and then you have a, a newbie, a starting starting yep. out dog, and you always have that in your lineup. And so that's why you know I've I've seen a lot of people they get litter mates when they first come up, and to an experienced handler, most experienced handlers or trainers will tell you never get to, litter right. mates, but. You know, it's not as big of an issue for an experienced person to get that, but the the people that are just starting out and they get litter mates, you know, it's oh man, I'm sorry. <laughs> it's yeah, it's it's probably more than twice the work. Yeah, I'd have to imagine well, it, it's kind of triple because you're obviously training two dogs, but then you're having to learn that much quicker instead of just learning with one dog. You're learning. Right, at double the pace because you're dealing with two dogs. You're going to have two different issues and responses to how you're training, and you know obviously it can be done. Yep. But you know if you're if you're new to this, you know it doesn't even have to be litter mates. If you're if you're eight months into this and you're really digging it, you're like, man, this is a blast. I'm loving this. I want to get another dog. I hear you. Pump the brakes a little bit. Yep. You, you'll thank me later. <laughs> <laughs> but. Some things it is easier to to just double up, you know, and and it's like, well, while we've while we've got everything, I'm doing one. Let's do two, right? Like, yeah. well, while I'm skinning one deer, just go ahead and hang up another one, you know, while we got everything dirty. But like two dogs at the same time, trying to train two, two puppies, puppies, and yeah. you know, I think it's probably important to keep those puppies. If someone does do it, if they're like, I've got to have these litter mates. You really got to keep those puppies separated, I would imagine, yeah. to get some of the training accomplished because right. one of them's going to be dominant and one of them's not going to be. Nope. I mean, that's just how it's that's how it's going to play out. Play out. So you got to keep them separate a lot. And a lot of people are probably thinking, well, the fun of having two puppies, they can play together and all that. True, but one of them's going to become the dominant one, and one of them's not going to be, and just naturally, it's going to yeah. affect the less dominant dogs hunting i think and just overall development for sure and so besides the timing and the spacing of the age and everything there are definitely other considerations that you have to to consider obviously that's what considerations mean uh the purpose of the other dog 
you know, are you getting your uh, the next dog? Do you already have the exact dog that you want? And you're just wanting to add another dog exactly like that to your lineup? Or are you wanting to add a dog that complements that dog and maybe makes up for some of its weaknesses? And, and what I mean by that is maybe you have a dog that is short ranging in the upland field or something like that. Maybe you want a dog that will extend the range and you have that, you know, further dog out, closer dog in type thing. Or maybe you have a dog that will upland hunt fantastic, but kind of lacking on the retrieving side. And so you're wanting to add a dog that you know does retrieving. Uh, maybe you're one of those people that you want to experiment with a pointing with a flusher combo. You know, there, there's a few things just, just like when you're starting that out, figuring out which type of dog that you want to go with. You kind of have to do this with your second dog, obviously, because there's certain traits that every dog has and every litter and breeder offers. And so maybe you really make it a point to emphasize a certain purpose of the next dog. Yeah, that makes sense. I, I try to apply that rule to everything I can in life. Right. You know, yeah. what's what's the purpose of what I'm doing? Um I'm a big believer in ha- defining what the purpose is yep. um, because it solves a lot of problems later and it gives you direction with, with what you're trying to accomplish. And that's just it. If you get a dog and you define what the purpose is going to be for the dog, mm-hmm. then it, it kind of informs how you're going to train the dog and the things you're going to focus on and what becomes a priority. Exactly. And so it kind of falls into what we say a million times an episode, the why. Yep. So the the next one, it kind of falls in under this because obviously every breed brings something different to the table. But just from, again, you're trying to select your next dog. You already have a dog that you're working on. Hopefully, you know, it's kind of close to finish where you wanted it. You kind of, you learn a lot. You know, how many times have you seen somebody get into this world with a certain image in their head of what their dog is going to be? And they go with that breed in their first selection yep. and it doesn't quite turn out to where they thought it would be. So are they better sticking with that breed again, maybe from a different litter or mm-hmm. even breeder, or are they better off trying to go to a different breed and seeing if that's a better fit for them? Yeah. That's where things get pretty deep. You know, we warn all the time that speaking in generalities with dog training is generally a bad idea (laughs) (laughs) nice but uh you know there's a certain uh there's a certain description when you buy a a breed certain things to expect right um but within certain breeds let's use the german short hair we bring that up pretty often because they are everybody brings that up pretty often (laughs) yeah i mean they're they're the most common upland bird upland dog the lab of the upland world right versatile world and versatile too um and it's for a reason but that's a yeah (laughs) you know yeah um but inside of german short hairs there are different lines that can accomplish different things you can get one that is just full of drive and absolutely crazy and you Mm -hmm. can get one that's the opposite end yeah. of the spectrum you know i mean we've seen one recently that just would not just kind of hangs out, out yeah. doesn't really have much desire to hunt i swear the duck was on that dog's head the other day and right. did not care He's just kind of hanging out <laughs> yeah um so there's you know 
I don't want to encourage people to say, well, if you got a German short hair breed or you know whatever uh, breed you're you got, and it's not exactly what it turned out to be, that doesn't necessarily mean that switching to breeds switch. is yeah. going to fix that. Right now, some of the more specialty type breeds like the small Munstie or Spinoni or Bracco, something like that, that aren't as common. Yeah. There's probably less uh, range of, yeah. you know, the spectrum is smaller. Yeah. Well, the short hair, the spectrum is huge. You can get one that's 90 pounds or you can get one that's 35 oh, pounds. Yeah. You know, absolutely. And, yeah. the, and the temperament goes along with that. And I, I would agree with that. And obviously, it, it, again, when you're first picking your dog, what's important to you kind of falls into the purpose that we we're just talking about. Yep. But, but you just have to be honest with yourself. You know, don't just because you selected a short hair the first time, don't feel like you have to stick with a short hair because it's, it's okay to say, you know what, maybe this isn't my cup of tea. Maybe this other breed will be a better fit for me. But also, you know, I didn't switch from a short hair to a small Munstie just because it's, you know, for any real specific hunting quality or trait. Right. I looked at it as an opportunity to learn more. You know, with me and you have talked about that a few times is I, I just want to become a better trainer. And I had this little yeah. special fixation on small Munsties. I'm like, well, heck, let's just go get a small Munstie as well. You know, the, the traits and everything fit in line with what I'm looking for because my short hair isn't your quote unquote typical short hair anyway she right. she kind of just more cooperation yada 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 and it was just fitting and i feel like if you're really wanting to branch out and really take your training to the next step and learn yourself switching breeds gives you that experience of working with a different breed and we've said that a number of times why are pro trainers better trainers because they get to put their hands on a ton of dogs ton of different breeds all the time absolutely we're not going to get that experience in our personal lives but you know if it's just one of those things i'm not saying because nick is telling you that you to become a better trainer you have to kind of broaden <laughs> your horizons but i'm saying you know that was a consideration of mine um as well as on top of what i thought that the small monthly breed brought myself yeah i mean I'm just like over the top happy with my dog and, and want another dog, a clone. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I want, and that's the case. I, I mean, want if, the same thing again. Yeah, you if know, you're, if you're lucky and you have that dog that it's just, yeah. this is exactly what I was picturing. Why, why change it up? Right. I mean, you there's know? certain, sure. Could I nitpick a uh, thing here and there? All can. Absolutely. Yeah. But, uh, I, I don't want to switch to a different breed. Um, I don't even want to switch to a different line. You know, like I want, I yeah. want that dog again, pretty much. Oh, I see it on your face every time your wife or or <laughs> kids say, "Can we get a small Munstie?" Yeah. <laughs> every time they see Lucy, you're like, "Crap!" Well, dick. it's every time they see any other dog. Yeah. Can we get a Wiener dog? Can we get a German <laughs> wire hair? You know, oh, don't you want a Spinoni? And I'm like. No, hey, we're getting another short hair. There's YouTube videos of a winter dog <laughs> flushing quail in Oklahoma. That's all I'm saying. That would be nice to have the short <laughs> hair go on point, and then I pull a little wiener dog out of my vest, and it goes in and flushes the bird. You, you want to talk about a pocket rocket? That's literally yeah, what that is. That yeah. would be cool. But, <laughs> uh, 
so I could argue that, you know, you're saying try out a different breed to make you a better trainer. Not that I want to argue that because that's... Oh, I'm not telling you to, dude. I'm just saying... You're that, right. It is yeah. going to make you a better trainer. But I could counter that by saying getting another dog that's close to a replica of the one I have, mm-hmm. you know, it gives me even more of an opportunity to go back and go, these are the mistakes I made with this dog. Really? Yeah. And I know not exactly how a different dog is going to respond, but if it's from the same line, there's a chance that it's going to, it's going to respond very similar. I've seen this movie before. (laughs) All right. I know, I know if I do this, if I do X, they're going to do Y and I really want Z. So that's it. Let's change this up. So yeah, that's it. That's a great point. And so the next one we kind of, you kind of already touched on a little bit is the style. Uh, and what I mean by that is, you know, not how the dog looks, but I mean, I guess you could contribute that it's, Hey, maybe you got an all Brown dog and in the grouse was you get, you can't see the dang thing. So it's, Oh man, maybe I want a little bit of white, but color. We've talked about that a million times. Not why you pick a dog. I actually wanted a liver female and I got a black and white male (laughs) and, uh, you know, the black and white short hair has grown on me quite a bit. I still prefer a liver roan short. I mean, who oh, doesn't yeah. like a liver roan short hair? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but the so, white is nice to see. It, it is. But when I'm saying style, I mean more hunting style. Yeah. Does it complement your other dog? Right. And so, you know, not a big deal if you only plan on running one of them at a time. But if you run them both together, you know, does it really help your your hunt out is, is my point. And, you know, that goes into range that goes into ground covered. It goes in, it goes into all of that stuff that, uh, just something to consider. You want to complement the style cause you know, you, you don't want two dogs just working the same exact cover, the same exact way. Um, you know, the odds of that are happening are slim, but you know, maybe again, you want to change it up. You want a pointer and a flusher or, I've done the pointer game. Let's see what this flushing game's about and run them separate. You know, now's the time to really take that into consideration. Um, gender. Say you got a male. Do you go ahead and go get another male or female on female? That's, you know, David Curlander says that's what keeps him in business is the aggression between females and females. <laughs> uh, yeah. And then there's challenges of having males and females, especially if they're not fixed. You got to right. keep them separated. Yep. Maybe when the female comes into season, you can't hunt them together. There, there's a lot of there's a lot of considerations here, and it all honestly end result. If you plan on setting yourself up to potentially breed one day, then that kind of gives you your answer right there. But if you're just looking for personal enjoyment and a personal hunting dog, then you have you have different things to really prioritize here. Yeah, and I think when. I'm probably going to make a bunch of people angry, but I don't really care. Um, when someone buys a puppy with the idea of I'm going to breed this dog. Yeah. I think you're already thinking about it wrong now. Sure. Everyone think not everyone. A lot of people think about that. Have the hope, but not, the I would like to be able to breed this dog yeah. one day, but you shouldn't make that decision when it's a puppy. In my opinion, right. It, you should wait until it's much proven. older than that and has proven itself. So, Sure. I mean, could you get, you know, if you've already got a male, you get a female and think, Hey, if everything lines up, then maybe I'll breed, breed the two dogs that I have right here. But the chances of that being the right thing to do, I think are really slim. And, and it's, it becomes, 
just a convenience factor. I have a male and female that are both good dogs right here in my house. I'll go ahead and breed them. But do they complement each other? I mean, the probability of that being a, a good choice is is slim, I think. Yeah. So I, I don't want to go into it choosing a gender for the sake of breeding. Yeah. But if you're into breeding dogs, then that's a different story, you right. know? And so, yeah, I mean, there's a few things. Aggression, you know, you're dealing with heat cycles with the male in the house. There, there's a few things to think about there. Yep. I'm not... I, I really don't know what else to add to that. Just, you know, you know how biology works at least well enough to <laughs> hopefully make an educated decision on this. Kinda, yeah. Kind of figure out if it works for you. If not, well, uh, you've got two female dog, you know, Crockett's a male, but he's kind of <laughs> the old couch potato. Now he's just a coon rug right now. Coon hound rug. Do you prefer females or is that just kind of how it ended up? Oh man, you're opening up a can of worms. Here I know because, let's open it. Yeah. Uh, my personal viewpoint, for whatever that's worth, okay. I know, and we're again, we're talking generalities here, and I'm going to piss off one half while making the other half completely happy here. There's no right answer to this question, and again, this is my personal viewpoints. I feel that just anecdotally, anecdotal experience and evidence, females on average, keyword average, is more cooperative and trainable. That's it. Males. I'm out of here. <laughs> <laughs> well, I guarantee no. you there's somebody there just throwing something at the radio. No, I've right heard here. that too. Because, you know, there's always outliers when you, again, when I sure. said the key word is average. If you go out to a training day or whatever, when I see a, a cooperative dog and really paying attention and just trainability and you're not having to fight them over just being hard headed or whatever. On average, it's usually a female from my experience. I'm not going to sit here and say that I've never seen a male do that. Of course, there's people yeah. out there that are like, oh, well, my male was easy to train. Yeah, okay. Again, we're talking averages and outliers. I've also seen the most hard-headed females. Right. And I'm like, you know what? I don't personally want to own them. Yep. So, But just my general outlook on that. that so that that's ultimately why I went with two females because I, I – wanted that level of cooperation uh does it cause some headaches in the house sure you know you got two for lack of a better term bitches in the house that every now and then they just they don't see the eye to eye right they've never got into it serious but you know they they'll raise their hackles at each other and circle around like they're gonna fight to the death or whatever and pam's gotten a little bit better about it you know pam when she first sees that she wants to jump in and break them up and she, and I'm like, you know, if you realize every time you do that, it actually makes it worse. <laughs> Let them figure it out. Yep. And it goes away a lot quicker. And it does. Uh, but, you know, a lot of males, <laughs> they fight too. Sure. Uh, again, this is just personal decision. What's important to you? Uh, I'm not going to sit here and say that you get a female, it's automatically going to be easier to train. Right we've seen it to where that's not always the case, yeah. but th there are certain qualities from between a male and female, you know, male, they're going to want to explore mark stuff on average again. Mm -hmm. You know, you're going to deal with a little just dumbheadedness. You got, <laughs> I mean, it's just, they're just goobers, man. And it's, yes, we are. Yeah. It, same thing with humans. It's like, there's a lot of, a lot of aspects that males are better at and females are better. It, you know, hope, hopefully I didn't have, 
offend anybody that, you know, that wasn't too politically incorrect. But anyway, we really got off topic there. Yeah. I mean, it's, you know, you're, it's, it's on topic because people are talking about adding a second dog to the house and you have to consider, I've got a male dog right now. You know, when I get a female, how's that going to change things? Or if I get a male, how's it going to change things? You know, depends on her personality. Right. You know, does he make her laugh? (laughs) <laughs> you know yep. <laughs> or are they like get away from me and yeah. then you know twice a year you got to keep them separate oh yeah so yeah. i might lean towards getting another male just for that aspect of it i won't yeah. have to separate them twice a year for a week or so or whatever it, um, it's two or three weeks yeah uh, the way i look at that is you're you're dealing with if let's let's say it's two weeks yeah in the spring and fall you're dealing with a month out of the year that total that you're you're kind of but you know what i've said it on this podcast i'll say it again they have doors for a reason it's pretty simple it's not that big of a deal uh but you know some people deal with females in heat a lot better than others they really do but having a male in the house definitely adds to how you deal with that yeah yeah so that's why i say i might get another male (laughs) Because it would be really crazy to have a female in heat with a male in the house, I think. I'm sure there's some listeners out there that are like, nah, it's not that bad. So I've personally not done it, but you know, I've had a few friends that do it and yeah. again they just close the door. Not a big deal. But if you have one of those crazy dogs that a door means nothing to and they're yep. just going right through it. Eh, you may <laughs> Yeah. Something else to consider. Yep. Uh so moving on that these next two kind of go hand in hand, so we'll talk about them at the same time. Uh, the cost and the equipment for multiple dogs is slightly different than the single dog. Okay, obviously you have two dogs. You have to feed two dogs. Okay, when you when you're hunting, if you're hunting them together, maybe you need that additional tracking collar or bell with whatever you run on the dog. You just obviously need to consider. There's going to be additional equipment costs, feeding costs, vet costs. It's pretty easy to calculate, not talking emergency-wise, but just your average cost of your first dog, apply it by two. It's pretty simple. Yeah, maybe not quite two, right, since I've already got uh, the handheld for my e-collar and the handheld for my tracking collar like all i've got to do is add another collar so it's a little bit less just to prove you're wrong when you get a puppy i'm gonna feed him your told you so (laughs) (laughs) chew this chew on this buddy is it i mean is it safe to assume a little less than double the cost i mean yeah but i mean when you're talking about medicine and food yeah obviously you're gonna there are certain circumstances like the the training collar where you already have the handheld yeah it's you're, you're not going to incur the double the cost on that, but you know, just for, for living expenses, you're, gotcha. you're going to have double the cost. If, yep. you, if you have a breed that needs breeding or breeding, uh, uh, cutting their hair, grooming, grooming. There yeah, we go. There we go. That's the, that's the word. <laughs> well, we don't have dogs that need grooms, so we couldn't yeah, think of it. It's just, if you got them dogs that need a haircut. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> get, get your, get it trimmed soldier. Uh, <laughs> But yeah, just be be cognizant of it is you're not just adding an, another dog into your house and it's going to cost the same thing as one dog. Yeah. You know, shouldn't have Makes to explain sense. that to somebody. Uh, so like you were alluding to a minute ago, 
living with multiple dogs slightly changes. You got multiple dogs in the household now. We just talked on the male female thing, but you know, feeding time, you have multiple dogs letting them go out. If maybe you're not in, not in a living situation where you can just let them out in the backyard and you walk them together, or do you have to walk them separate? It's, I mean, just a little small stuff that you, what's your daily routine going to look like with multiple dogs as opposed to one? Yeah. So it's about double the cost, right? Do you think it's about double the work or is it like, does it not add that much more time to have a second dog around? To me personally, I have three if you count the coonhound rug that I have in the house. Yep. But just let's just take him out of the equation. I don't think as far as timing wise, just living with them, there's that much difference between one and two dogs. Uh, once you get them, you know, housebroken and stuff like that. I mean, if you have to walk your dogs at separate times, maybe there's an issue as far as the training goes on leash training or yeah, whatever. I think you could work through that. You can work through that feeding. You're still feeding them. I mean, really how much time does it take to scoop another cup of dog food into a bowl? I mean, right. you know, it's minimal. Uh, and, and when you go to train, sure, you've got another dog to train, but well, it doesn't just, mean you're taking two trips out to the training grounds. Or, you're already the, there anyways. And that's that's the next point I have is how training changes with multiple dogs. Yeah. Yeah, you're not making two separate trips out to the training grounds because you're going to have them in the truck together. Yep. But as, as much as you hear it from other people, as much as you see it on Facebook, I, I have a very big secret to you guys. <laughs> okay, listen real close here. Okay. Your puppy is not going to learn from the other dog. <laughs> I I know that, that somebody just got pissed off at that. They swear by it. It's not true. It it just it isn't. It's not going to learn other things. Uh, but I think your consistency overall with the other dog applying yeah. the same things that you're teaching the puppy. That's what it's learning from, the expectations, what it can get away with. Yeah. Maybe it's more submissive to the other dog. Yeah, but the dog the other dog doesn't teach your puppy for you. But if you're crate training your puppy, for example, it can help to ensure you know, reassure the dog that like I'm not getting left alone out here for right. an hour in this kennel. Yeah. At least I've got my buddy over here next to me in this kennel. Yeah. Or you know what? Maybe maybe the puppy doesn't care that the other dog is there. Right. I don't know. But in my mind, I'm like, well, at least they're not completely alone. And then like phase the older dog out, you yeah. know, and get the puppy used to being alone. Maybe they're I passing, just did that helping someone with a puppy and that's they're passing notes between the kennels. Like, yeah, but like <laughs> oh, the older dog teaching the younger dog. Nobody eh, not really. knows. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean it's it's one of those like there are certain things that dogs can pick up on from other dogs, but generally speaking, when I am training my dog on something, I'm, I'm training one dog at a time. And so you're not making multiple trips out to the training grounds, but you're separating them out. You're only going to have one dog out at a time training. And eventually yep. you're going to bring them back together to work together and do your honoring and making sure that they work in the field together. And, you know, I do, I'll do, you've seen me, I'll do my training sessions with one individually. And then at the end, it's kind of fun time. It's a little fun bumper time. I'll bring them out both together. Yeah. And that's, 
that's what I've picked up on is it's good to bring them out when it's just like fun time and you bring them out together, but it's hard to train two dogs at once. I was helping my sister-in-law with her dog and just basic obedience. So I thought, well, man, I'll use my dog as a distraction. And when you call one dog to you, the other one when it comes to. So then you're like, no, 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 I'm telling you to stay. And nope. you come to me. And then the, now they're both thinking that you want them both to stay. And it, it just becomes well, and that's, crazy. That, that's a learning curve you've seen me kind of go through. Yeah. When you train multiple dogs with the same exact commands. You know, I didn't train Rachel with the intention of using her name as a precursor to let her know I'm talking to her. I didn't right. do that with Lucy either. It wasn't until I got to the point to where okay, let's start working each other, honoring, and mm-hmm. and then at the same exact time, I'm kind of at that point with them. Now, it's when I would say fetch, both of them would go. And it's like, of course, well, crap, okay, let's backtrack. Let's start using that precursor to the command. And so you learn these little things as you go along. But yeah, when I'm, when I'm teaching and training, I have them separate. But there are, at the point that I'm at now, you get to a point to where I have multiple dogs. I want to use multiple dogs at the same time. You know, you just have to account for the training time is going to double. Yeah. If you're doing it right, it's going to double because you have two dogs to go through or three dogs or four. You know, you we say training sessions should be 10 or 15 minutes long. Okay. Well, that's not that big a deal with a dog. Well, when you start adding on multiple dogs, that's another 10 or 15 minutes per day. Do you have that availability? And, you know, you have to be honest with yourself on that. Yeah, and and I see, you know, you're more focused on Lucy. So not that you, like, neglect Rachel or anything, but she kind of takes the back burner on, like, well... Yeah, I can throw. We only got one bird left. That's fine. She's my quote unquote finished dog. Right. So it's like, I don't need to go work on that dog with, you know, I don't, I don't have anything to work on with her. So yeah, one bird that's left over. Sure. Put it out just for fun. Um, So I think that's, that's good to keep in mind that if you've still got some goals in mind for that dog, then maybe getting a puppy is, is not the right thing to do right now. If you've still got other things to accomplish with your first dog. Absolutely. And so just taking into consideration the training challenges it presents, it's not that big of a deal. Uh, but moving on to hunting with multiple dogs, you, you talked about it at the start of this episode. Are you going to hunt them together or are you going to hunt them separate? And I can just tell you kind of where my thought is on this. On the big trips, I hunt them separate 99% of the time because I'm trying to extend the quality of hunting time that I get in the woods with them. If it's just a day trip or a weekend trip or something to where I know that it's just like, hey, it's just throw everything at these birds. Let's go and find them. I'll run them together. And so it's kind of a balancing act. And that is one thing that having multiple dogs affords you is different options. And then also you've seen it to where, like we talked about, you're going to learn what your dog does better maybe so than the other one. Maybe this one has a better nose in wet conditions. Maybe it works better, you know, in these conditions, so on and so forth. So, you know, depending on what you're going after, I might use Lucy or I might use Rachel depending on the conditions. You, you don't have that option, obviously, if you have just one dog. 
but you you need to keep track of them and this is where a hunting journal a lot of people say they don't keep hunting journals or anything like that because you know maybe that I'll, I'll remember this hunt well when you have multiple dogs it's more so than just remembering the hunt it actually does go into play on how you plan your next day's hunt you can look back and see my dog ran this long this many hours this many miles you know maybe i need to sit her out the next morning and run the next one yeah even though you're splitting up and maybe hunting with one in the morning and then one in the afternoon you might have hunted three hours in the morning and five hours in the afternoon or something so you've got to consider that the next day as you plan your your day's hunt which one's gonna you know try to keep them even for the week yeah and i mean you know it yeah, I mean, you don't go out there and you're not going to hunt the same amount of ground at the same time every outing. Uh, so it's just be smart about it. You know, you're you're up there for a reason, especially on these long, week-long trips. You don't want to burn up your dogs, and it's hard when you go up there. I'll tell you, man, it, if you think it's bad to where you get up to a hunting trip and you've been waiting all year long for that fall hunting trip and you have one dog and you're like, man, I want to run that dog, wait till you multiply that and you have multiple of your children on the ground to where you're like, man, I want to see both of them hunt. Yeah. And it's, it, it is very, like which hard. one do I let out first? Man. Yeah. It's, I want to let both of them out, but that means I'm going to hunt one of the dogs for an entire day. Yes, yeah. exactly. And so it, it is very hard. You have to have that kind of self-control to, uh, to divvy it up a little bit. Well, even, I mean, you know, Joe and I basically ran our dogs together and kind of split our dogs up a lot last hunting season and we'd either hunt them together or say, now nah, we're going to run Jack right now and then we'll run Mitchell later or whatever. Yeah. But it never fails. Day one is like, yeah, dude, we're running them both. <laughs> <laughs> All the time. Yeah. And, and then if it's for a weekend, we're just like, yeah, we're yeah. going to run them both if all weekend. A, if it's just a Saturday and maybe a set, you know, all day Saturday and Sunday morning. Yeah. yeah okay. Whatever. But yep. when, when you really need to plan three or four days ahead, it, you're it's going to pay off to to be to have that self-control yes. and stick to your plan but it's hard man you spend 12 sometimes 20 hours in the truck you finally get there and man i want to let both of them go i it's, can imagine because i'm not to. i'm sitting here as you're talking about hunting season and how to like lay out your your string of dogs i'm i'm like just sitting here thinking about minnesota dude yeah i'm just excited to go hunting this year Oh man it's gonna be a blast yep so I think we kind of covered all the basics. I mean, obviously there's, there's more stuff to consider, uh, you know, even just the socialization of bringing a dog into your already established pack. But I think, you know, that's, that's a topic for another day that we have planned eventually down the road. Yep. Is there anything else that you can think of that maybe we missed? I think we covered it all, you know, kind of wave tops. Like you said, we'll get into some of the deeper stuff later, but I think that's it, man. Well, I do have one other thing. Okay. So I know I mentioned earlier that I was not planning on this upcoming spring adding to the to the pack, mm-hmm. but you don't even know this. We already have a deposit down. Nice. Yeah. So Pam and I are having our first litter this upcoming <laughs> spring. <laughs> oh, man. Joe, did you know this? <laughs> yeah, I did. <laughs> Well, no, I, I I knew it because uh, the ladies are out in the kitchen, oh, and uh, you cheated. I just yeah, I, I was uh, yeah, I was messing with the the girls out there, and I, we found out. Did you hear the champagne go off out there? <laughs> no, nah, I didn't. Yeah, uh, the champagne popped. I was like, oh man, they're gonna hear it. But that's awesome, man. 
Yep. Yes, dude. So congrats, man. Appreciate it. So I figured this would be a fun way to kind of pull well, you guys into it. <laughs> when you're like, I got one more thing. You look like nervous. You know, I'm like, <laughs> dude, what's this one more thing? And I tell you what, you better be nervous. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Whole, whole new adventure coming down the pike on this. So, Holy uh, cow. Yeah. Spring litter. Congrats, man. Yep. <laughs> you got to stop calling it a litter. <laughs> That's great, man. Oh man, Joe. Yeah, that's my first life advice for Nick: is you better be nervous. <laughs> yep. Yep. Oh man. So Joe went out for a a beer run and then <laughs> got the word early. Yep. Man, I'm excited. Yep. My cheeks are hurting already. So and and just so the listeners, I don't think they even know. Old Joe's got one coming on the way too. So we yep. got a got a few more uh, adding to the GDIY. Yeah, I guess here. I might get an actual puppy. <laughs> no more babies for this guy. <laughs> yeah, you are you already beat us to the punch on that. But uh yeah, so figured that that'd be a fun way to kinda clue you in and we'll see how this hunting season changes and the Heck plans yeah. change for me coming you up. You better but... hunt hard this season. It might be your last one for a couple years. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see. We'll see. But... Oh man. All right, let's go celebrate. Yep, let's go. Thank you for listening to GDIY. If you enjoy this podcast, please remember to take a moment to rate, review, and share with a friend. Also, be sure to follow us on Facebook and Instagram under Gundog It Yourself. If you really enjoy this podcast and would like to contribute even more to future content, please check out our Patreon at patreon.com forward slash Gundog It Yourself. Thanks again and happy hunting. Everyone seems to have the same questions or concerns when they start trying to decide which kennel to purchase for their vehicle. Perhaps it's time to stop asking all the questions and just design the perfect setup that meets your exact needs. B-Pro Kennel specializes in designing and fabricating custom premier dog boxes handcrafted right here in the USA from high-grade, lightweight aluminum. They'll get you set up with the size dimensions, lighting, storage, battery boxes with solar charging, and anything else you can dream of. Stop stressing over buying the wrong setup, just have to replace it again in a year. Go ahead and check out bprokennels.com and get exactly what you want. If you're considering changing your dog's food soon, then be sure to check out Yukonuba Pro Performance. Their science-backed formulas are designed to take your dog to the next level of performance. They also now have the new puppy formula to help your pup start strong and live active. When looking at all the different food options, remember Yukonuba to help power their ultimate performance. Hey, what's going on, everybody? It's Bob from Lone Ducks Gun Dog Chronicles podcast. I hope you just enjoyed the episode you just listened to. And if you did, I think you'll enjoy hopping on ours. We've got professional retriever trainers and upland bird dog trainers from across the country and world sharing their tips and tricks and great stories to help you and your dog get ready for the season. We'll see you there.